0: Spring is here. Pitchers and catchers have reported. We're going to talk about all the news and notes out of day one of camp of pitchers and catchers reporting. Then we're also going to talk about Pocota projections. Pocota dropped their projections on every team's record this season, and we're going to talk about what they think of the Detroit Tigers, amongst some other teams probably, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, February 16th. 2023. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All right, we are back, baby. We are so back. Pitchers and catchers are all reported and all accounted for. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but first, man, I, I just I love this time of the year. I really do. I I, I just I love spring training coming back. I love the the videos that we get out of camp. I, I, I love overreacting to videos and telling other people to calm down. And it's just, it's just the best. It's all in front of us. You know, we'll get back on the, the, I'm sure we'll be plenty pessimistic this season, but for now it's all ahead of us. We got 162 left. Technically anything can happen. right. And uh, I just, I love the, the optimism that comes with everybody reporting to camp and, and all of the stories that come out of camp. So with that, today we are going to just, for the first little bit of the show, probably only the first segment, maybe, maybe a little bit more if it, you know, if, if I talk too long, which I've been known to do, as you all know. Uh, we're just going to talk about some of the news and notes around day one of camp because there is a lot. And we won't do this every day because most days there will not be any news or notes to come out of camp. Um, but so we won't be taking like an entire segment or whatever, but obviously we're a daily show. We're going to talk about whatever happens every day. Um, but day one is always kind of a, a catch up day. There's days there, there are, there's news rather that has not come to light over the course of the winter for whatever reason. And now that everyone is back in one place again for the first time since the season ended last year, we, we get to catch up on some news. So let's start with that. Uh, first off, and this is just really quickly, I'm not going down this rabbit hole again. I'm really tired of it, honestly, but the insane overreaction to Eduardo Rodriguez not showing up to camp on Monday was insane to me. It really was. And, and look, I don't blame anyone for feeling the way they do about that situation. If you were one of the people that was freaking out, I, I don't blame anyone. I know what we went through last year. I, I was there too. I promise. Um, but with how these days work and how these... They're not like hardcore deadlines except for today. Well, yesterday as you're hearing this. Wednesday. Wednesday was always the hardcore deadline. The The other one are mere suggestions, we'll call them. Like veterans almost never show up the very first day that they're eligible to report. It's almost always a... whether it's the next day or they wait until the final day or whatever, it's not like an uncommon practice. He didn't do a weird thing by waiting a day. Like hundreds of veterans do this every year. It's just, it it really, it wasn't a story unless he didn't show up on Wednesday. Then it would have been a story and I would have been talking about it. We would have been talking about what's going on again, but it it, it didn't. So it's a complete and utter non-story. And I just thought it was, it was, I don't know. Uh, is funny the right word? I, probably not, but it, it, it was just <laughs> fascinating to me uh, how, how quick everybody was to jump all over him again. So uh, I'm glad that it's not a story and we can, you know, you can leave your comments about him now and then we can hopefully not talk about it ever again. And that was pretty much it as far as he is concerned, definitely. The other, really, the only other stuff that was prominent was, we'll talk about Torkelson later because that was also another funny one that I think was, <laughs> I, I just, I love the overreactions. I really do. I wasn't trying to, to look down on anybody for what I said about E-Run. I live for everybody's overreactions in spring camp. I live for them. They're my favorite thing literally ever. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about kind of the Torkelson stuff as well, but uh, I want to, talk about the health because that was the biggest kind of story of today of I keep saying today you're listening to this on Thursday from Wednesday the biggest story of day one I guess I'll say was the medical updates on all the players because again this is the first time we've been face to face with everybody our wonderful beat writers by the way let me let me start off with that do a fantastic job all year round and are already doing a a fantastic job again covering the team, so almost all of this information from one beat writer or another. So they, shout out to them, Petzold, Steven Hagen, all, everybody in between, too. Everybody does a great job. We have a fantastic beat. So with the medical staff, medical staff, medical update, Alex Fieda, uh, they have listed as a right hip inflammation. He has been throwing bullpens since mid-January in Lakeland to prepare for camp. He will be able to participate in all baseball activities in spring training. Casey Mize we'll get into later. Uh, Winsiel Perez, lower back inflammation. He's rehabbing and expecting some mild experiencing. That's the word. Some mild discomfort in his lower back preparing for camp. He is completing treatments and a course stabilizing program. Then we have Jake Rogers. Obviously, we missed all of last year. Has been built up since the beginning of January in Lakeland to prepare for camp he will be able and ready for all baseball activities in spring training. That's great news. And then the only other one's is Tarek Skubal. Started throwing progression in mid-January. Is playing catch four times a week, out as 90 feet this week. So, that is your Tigers PR official medical update. It's really cool that we get these now because in the Avila era, we never did. So, that's kind of a cool thing that we noticed very early on in this era. Like, we're a lot more transparent about uh, injuries and whatnot, which I can greatly appreciate as as someone who's a part of the Tigers media. Um, so when talking about, there's only two that I really want to highlight because the rest seem all pretty like they'll get over it pretty soon. We'll talk about Mize in a sec. The only surprise on this list was Winsiel Seal Perez. Not worried about it at all. Doesn't seem like a super big deal. But I do hope that he is ready in time to at least get legitimate at-bats and get a legitimate look in spring training. Had a fantastic year in the minor leagues last year, and I would hate for him to get hurt kind of right before camp and then not be able to to showcase his abilities. He's also on the 40-man, so this is not something where, uh, you know, it's just a random minor league or, like, this dude's on the 40-man now, so that'll be something that we have to keep an eye on for. Let's have the Casey Mize conversation. Uh, This sucks. Basically, the update was – that he also had back surgery. And I believe they said his lower back, but don't quote me on that. And uh, at the same time, he had Tommy John surgery. Now, in the same breath of the e overreaction, I, I don't want to come on here and be like, this is awful. Like, I'm not a doctor. I, I don't know. Th- this could add zero time to – it could not delay anything with him. It could not delay a, a day. Could just be the exact same timeline as it was before for his recovery. But it is worth noting that he had a second surgery around the same time that he had his Tommy John. That's obviously not great. It does sound like it pushed, it delayed his throwing a little bit, but he was never going to pitch this year anyway. Like that was never in the cards. At no point should you have ever thought that Casey Mize was going to pitch at the major league level this season. So as long as it doesn't, hinder him from coming back in spring of twenty twenty four. I don't really care. Like obviously I care about his health and well-being, but like I, I don't really care about the the recovery schedule if it doesn't delay spring of twenty twenty four. So that's really my only opinion on it. I know that was kind of the talk of the town on Wednesday. Uh yeah, as long as it's not delaying what we already thought was not pitching at all this season and being ready by the beginning of next season, then go ahead and do whatever surgeries you need to do, brother, whatever, whatever's going to get you right. I, I, I'm for. And yeah. So the Casey Mize conversation, we're kind of kind of kick the can down the road there. Uh, there has, he didn't give a timetable. No, none of the staff gave a timetable. There, there's really no update on his uh, progression and his schedule, but it is worth noting that he had another surgery. Okay, let's get into the rest. We're going to go a little over a segment here. Uh, Let's go into the rest of the uh, kind of news and notes from yesterday, from day one of pitchers and catchers reporting. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. We're all really excited about FanDuel being the new sports betting partner of Locked On. It's the midway point of the NBA season. So it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers are getting a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line, the point scores, threes drained, etc. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine bets for a bigger payout with the same-game parlay as well. So don't miss the, your chance to get your no-sweat first bet for up to 1000 thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba running low on water there what's up everybody welcome back segment two locked on tigers thanks for making us your first listen every day for your next listen, check on the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. All right, so uh, other news and notes from spring, from spring, from day one of camp, not just the entire uh, season of spring. Nineteen of thirty one position players were listed as multiple were listed under multiple positions. I love it. And I know, like again, we're we're making big stories out of probably little stories just across the board here. But uh, I, I really do enjoy that. and that's something that we talked about all off season, really. But uh, if you go back a couple of weeks, we had our biggest storylines of spring ball episode. And that was something that we discussed a lot, was that like this team is going to play in the spring a ton of players at a ton of different positions. A.J. Hinch loves versatility. Scott Harris loves versatility. That's the new identity of the Detroit Tigers. And, you know, like just looking at the roster, I believe that there is probably two-thirds of the roster that could play in multiple positions. And A.J. Hinch had a quote where he said, and I think the other 11 or 12 or whatever would come into his office and say, hey, I can play another position. So very cool to see that. That is the, the kind of the, the mindset of the entire roster. And that's the expectation is that you will be able to play multiple positions. They, they go after athletes. We saw that in Scott Harris's trades this offseason. Uh, very, very cool to see. So I think that that's something we should all buckle up for this spring. And I again, I love it. I think we should experiment. We should see play Veerling at third. Who cares? Play Mayton in in the outfield again. Who cares? Like just experiment with a ton of different stuff. And and my biggest take right now is that I don't think it's going to stop when the season starts. I think that they're going to treat this entire season as auditions and. And and as experiments. And so I don't expect opening day to come along and then we just go, all right, now, you know, fun is over. Now everybody has asked to pick exactly one position. I think they're going to be playing multiple positions all year long. And I, I think that that's healthy and that's good. And that's really smart. I, I totally support and agree with the move. So just a, a little bit of something when looking at the roster on day one, something that kind of jumped out. Um, like I said earlier, everybody that is a pitcher and catcher that was, is needed to report by Wednesday has reported and is doing drills and everything. So no stragglers. No, I think last year we had some visa issues, no visa issues, no, you know, delayed flights or injury problems to, to prevent them from getting here or whatever. Everybody that is supposed to be here is here. We also have a lot of position players that have already shown up. Spencer Torkelson being one, Javi Baez being another, uh, so that's really cool to see as well. Everybody just wanting to get down there and get to work. We love to see it uh, with Torkelson. I think one of the funnier storylines of Wednesday was he took BP off of a pitching machine and hit a home run or two. And it was on video and everybody was analyzing the swing and trying to look again. I live for the overreaction. But I also have to maintain a little bit of journalistic integrity on air here. So I'm not going to be the one to do it. Uh, once we get into actual spring training games and we get into him facing real pitchers and, and or even taking live abs, maybe we'll analyze a swing and see if it's a little different. But one video from the the, the roof, it seemed like, of, of Joker Merchant Stadium uh, off of a pitching machine and not even a real arm, I'm not going to be the one to break that down for you. Okay, glad we're clear on that, but it was nice to see him get a hold of the ball, I guess. And just the sounds of spring, you know, just love that the sights and the sounds of of camp being back, man. I love it. And I think the only other note I have was that uh, for the pitchers that are doing bullpens already, uh, they are using a pitching clock in the bullpen to kind of prepare all of the pitchers and catchers, for that matter, uh, for the pitch clock that's going to be implemented this season. So also there was a new rule type of thing that came out about uh, what a balk is and how like some of those crazy windups you see aren't going to be allowed. I don't think that really affects anybody on the Tigers. Uh, then I remember, I'm sure one of y'all will will remind me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of the Tigers last year had any crazy deliveries where they didn't come to a complete set. I don't remember ever having any balk controversy last year. So I I can't imagine we'd have any this year, but something that's, that's worth noting uh, for sure. The Astros definitely have a couple of guys that fall into that category. So that's it for these sights and sounds and news and notes of day one of camp being back. So let's talk about baseball prospectus, Dakota rankings. I love Dakota ranking day. It was actually two days ago as the time you're listening to this, but we had, uh, I already had the player preview already finished and, and typed out and everything that I wanted to cover there. So that's why we didn't do it yesterday. Um, so, Baseball Prospectus every February drops their PCOTA standings. It is an algorithm they use to project win loss records for every team in baseball. It is awesome. You should go check it out, read the articles that come along with it, go check it out on the, uh, you can just Google PCOTA standings and it's the first thing that comes up. It's not hard to find. Um, and Baseball Prospectus is great. Okay, so definitely go check them out and support them. But uh, basically what they do is they have this formula. And it's not just we have one formula and we just run, you know, a simulation. And then, like, that's the projection. They run, like, a billion simulations. That's an exaggeration. But they run a lot. They, They run a lot, a lot, a lot of simulations, just seasoned sims. And then they average out what not average out. They take the record that was, it's like a bell graph. Actually, you know what? We can share a screen here. I think I'm technologically advanced enough. If you're watching on YouTube, we can try and, and share a screen. Let's see if we can pull this off and I can show you. So they, they run a ton of simulations and then they a bell graph is formed based on, or a bell curve rather is formed based on how what the record was across all of these. So the most common record, obviously being the the highest peak of the bell curve and, and then the ones that were kind of outliers are on each end. So I think I figured it out. Boom. Look at that. This is the AL East. Okay. So this is the AL central. If you're watching on YouTube, let me get this out of the way. Boom. Look at this. We're, we're, we're really moving. You can even see me in the corner. Hi everyone. So Cleveland stays at the top. Minnesota right below them, then Chicago, then Detroit, then Kansas City. Now, it is worth noting, if we can scroll up here, let me zoom in on the actual records. So let's break down the AL Central as a whole. And then, obviously, honestly, after we'll riff, we'll riff a little bit about uh, some of the other teams just around the league that I thought were interesting. So, currently, they have Minnesota at first. Now, this is also updated, like, all the time. Like this this thing is updated very, very often with, you know, every game in the regular season, you know, a week goes by, they change them, uh, injuries will affect it, roster changes will affect it, etc. cetera. So this is a, a very fluid thing. And, and so we're looking at it right now, but that's not to say that it won't change, you know, a day or two from now, honestly. So they have Minnesota at the top with 882 Sim wins on average and 73.8 sim losses. So that's about an 88 and 73 record, obviously, uh, or 74 record rather Cleveland right behind them at also 88 and 74, but not with the two extra uh, two tenths of a win there. that Minnesota has Chicago at about 78 and 84 Detroit at about 65 and 97. And then Kansas city at 62 and a half and 95 and a half. So, uh, they also give the Tigers a straight-up 0% chance to make the postseason. Not even like one-tenth of a percent. That would be here, right? Just straight-up zeros across the board. 0% chance to win the division. That's all fine. That's not news to anybody. We know that. I personally well, – well, let's go to a break, and then we'll talk about where I stand on this. I think this is a little disrespectful, but we'll we'll talk about it right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Third and final segment here, locked on Tigers. So we're talking about Peckota's rankings. Tigers, like I said, at a but just under ninety five and nine. Sorry, sixty five and ninety seven win loss record. Uh, I I think this is a little low, personally. This is very much a like shade being thrown at the Detroit Tigers. And look, they had an awful year last year, and, and that's all fine, uh, but. Everything we talk about it all the time, everything that could have possibly gone wrong for the Tigers last year did, and that was pretty much their record last year. And so, just saying that they're gonna put up about the same season, I, I think is, is I, I'm not saying they're gonna go 500 or win even 75 games, but I, I've said all along especially in the last couple of weeks, I really expect this team to be somewhere between 70 and 73 wins, somewhere in that range, just still well under 500, 10 games under 500, whatever you want to do. But I I, I do think that the Tigers will be better than last year. I, I think it's hard to be worse. And I don't expect the offense to be one of the worst we've ever seen again. And if the pitching staff with the same coaching staff that we love can just keep its head above water, they will be a marginal improvement from the train wreck that was last season. So I I, I don't discredit Picota just because the Tigers literally pulled off this record a year ago. So like I get it. But I I think that that's pretty much banking on everyone being on the offensive side of the ball being just awful again. And I like look at this. Like like runs scored, right? The runs scored is 50 almost runs lower than the Royals who still have two worse wins. Like I just, I don't see the tigers like just looking around baseball. Is this projected to be the worst offense in baseball? There you go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm pretty sure Picota the tigers replicating. Well, let's find the uh, athletics. Actually, they're going to be the only team that can rival them. Yeah. 585. Yeah. That's more. It's eight runs more. So, I don't expect the Tigers to have the worst offense in baseball, and I don't expect them to have one of the worst offenses ever again. The thing is, they could even have around the worst offense in the league this year and still be better than last season. That's how bad last year was. So uh, I just I, I even if they gave us like 68, 69 wins, I'd be like, all right, I, I can kind of see the vision there that that's around ballpark for me, but this is, this is pretty low in my eyes. And I know that some people agree with this. Some people think we're going to in for a train wreck of a season for some reason. So I, 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 I'm not saying that, that I'm definitely going to be right. I'm certainly not saying that last year I was very wrong on what the season was going to end up being, but I I do see the tigers is a little bit better. Uh, Minnesota. I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm really sour on uh, not sour. That's, that's too dramatic of a term, but, I still think Cleveland is going to comfortably win the division and I'm just not sold on the twins. I, I think it's, it, they brought back a lot of the same players from last year. They did add a little bit of pitching, but I, I just, I don't see when comparing last year's team that went under 500 to this year's team, I don't see it as a massive, like 10 win improvement or whatever. I, I think they're still going to be around a 500 ball club. Cleveland, I really like this year. I think they're going to push 90, if not win 90. Chicago, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think the White Sox are have the most variance in what could possibly happen. Uh, they could lose 90. They could win 90. Neither would shock me too terribly much. There's still a lot of talent on this roster, but last year was an utter disaster. If you think the Tigers' season last year was a train wreck, you should <laughs> – you should be a White Sox fan for a year and then rewind time to last season because it was abysmal, uh, very, very far under expectations for them. Uh, Detroit obviously is us, and then Kansas City at the bottom. I Yeah, if Kansas City I think is going to lose 100, that's not a good roster. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, a couple of decent players that are fun to get excited about and, and whatnot, but uh, I, I don't think the Royals are going to be very good. Okay, looking around baseball. This is cool. Look at this. We're we're screen sharing. This is fun. I think over here, if we want to look at the NL West, I like all of that. I love Arizona in like two years from now. I I think Arizona has a just beautiful future set up for themselves. They have a lot of players I like a lot. Uh, Not going to be ready this year, but I don't mind that kind of low 70s win total for them. The Rockies will be better than this just because they always go like 10 games over 500 at home and then just lose every single road game all year. So they'll find their way to get like 70 wins or whatnot. But yeah, that that's probably not too far off. San Francisco will be around 500. I agree with that. At the top here, my like really weirdly hot take is that the Padres are going to win this division. And that's not a slight at the Los Angeles Dodgers, because I think that's the best-run organization in baseball and maybe one of the best-run organizations in sports. But they really did nothing this offseason. Uh, they might have Trace Thompson starting. And no disrespect, that's a Mudhens legend, but like, you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Trace Thompson might be your opening day starting center fielder. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that they're getting prepared to throw half a billion dollars at Otani next offseason and so that's why they didn't do much this offseason but uh, they'll win 95 94 games I'm not saying the Dodgers are going to be bad they're going to be one of the best teams in baseball still Uh, but it I don't know I really liked what the Padres did this offseason they added to an already really good roster if the Padres went out and won 98 to 100 it wouldn't shock me at all so that's kind of like my sneaky under the radar lukewarm take is that at I kind of see the Padres maybe taking the NL West over the Dodgers. But again, Dodgers are 96 wins is probably still in the ballpark for them. That's just going to be a really top-heavy division. That's In the Central, I like the Cardinals over the Brewers. Uh, I I can't believe I just said I like the Cardinals in any capacity. Um, But I do like them to take the division over the Brew crew. The Brewers, I think, are comfortably two. And then all three of these teams at the bottom – I think are in pretty bad shape at the moment. Pittsburgh kind of trending in the right direction. Might go on a I I think the Pirates are like a perfect team where in June or July they're just going to go on a random like eight game win streak or they're going to win like 13 of 15 and everybody's going to go, "Oh my goodness, is Pittsburgh's time now?" Look, the you know, the kids are finally playing. And then they're going to lose a lot of games in the last two months. And we're going to go, okay, they came back to earth, but we saw what could happen next year. And then they will be one of the hot picks in 2024. Cincinnati, one of the worst teams in the league, definitely in the running for the number one overall pick. The Cubs made some moves. I I like them at a high 70s win total. I still don't think what they did is enough to be a 500 ball club, but I do do like them at about this mid-70s total. I can get behind that. AL East. Sorry, this is the NL East. Um, yeah, I think the Mets kind of have to be the favorite. I don't think the Mets are like this unbeatable team. Uh, you know, they, they spent more money than anyone ever this offseason, obviously. But I, I think there are still some kind of weak spots in the bottom part of the lineup, maybe in the back end. of The rotation is, is kind of thin. It's not bad. It's just thin, and there's a lot of age on that team. I, I, I'm not saying the Mets won't win the division. They probably are the favorites going into the season for the NL East, but I do think that theres uh, they're not as bulletproof as maybe all of baseball. is. just like writing them off to be already. Atlanta, I really like a lot. This is probably true. I even like them probably to get a little bit more wins there. Philly, I like a lot. The NL East is just going to be so entertaining. Picota's really high on the Marlins. And the Marlins, we talked about it a little bit when they made uh, the Arias trade. They are just going crazy with the bat-to-ball skills. They have Soler for sure with the pop, but that's going to be a lot of high contact, no swing and miss, high batting average guys in that lineup. And they have really good pitching. So I, I think that this may be a little bullish. Like I, I think this might be a little high. But it wouldn't shock me if Philly put up a good season. Could you imagine if they had four teams at 500 or better in this division? And then Washington is probably the worst roster in baseball, to be honest with you. So a lot going on in the NL East. I cannot wait for baseball to be back. I cannot wait for the the NL East race. AL East, uh, New York at the top. I agree with that. Toronto and Tampa. kind of in the mid 80s I like Toronto's offseason they added some good pieces they made some necessary trades I think Uh, I I think probably maybe maybe a little high for me but yeah like 87 wins Tampa I always like in the mid high 80s and being a wild card team this is super I don't want to say surprisingly high but like some people have Boston as the worst team in this division I still like Boston I think that people are focusing way too much on what they lost than what they still have they still have a really competent roster. I think that they're going to be a lot more competitive than maybe people think. Uh, but everybody's just doing the you know doom and gloom look. How much they lost this offseason? They're terrible. Ha ha. Let's point and laugh thing, and probably justified to an extent. But I think they're still better than people give them credit for. And then I like Baltimore to not be the crazy young firing from the hip team this year. Like I, I, I still like the direction that it. But Progress isn't linear and I, I still think that there are a lot of question marks on this offense, especially uh, they're going to have some really good young talent. They're going to be, I, I think they're, again, I think they're headed in a great direction, but for the time being, I kind of like them to maybe take a little bit of a step back and be closer to that 90 loss total again. That, that would not shock me at all. Only other one left is the AL West Houston. I think is the best team in baseball. It's the best offense in baseball. Uh, If you put this at a hundred wins, I would probably say that's about right. And yeah, after that, you know, the big comes at two and three, I think everybody is pretty aware that the A's are one of the worst rosters in baseball. And I think everybody is pretty aware that Texas, while they did make just huge moves and and are going to be marginally better than they were last year, the Rangers were only a couple wins better than the Tigers last season. And so uh, I think that, yes, they, they, they took a step in the right direction, but I still expect Texas to be a, a mid-70s win team, kind of at best, with, again, a few hot streaks and not being an easy defeat by any means, but uh, I don't expect them to go 500 still. The big conversation, the last one, we'll end the show on this. The convo between two and three here, I think a lot of people are like, what, what the heck, why is, why are the Angels ahead of the Mariners? Um, I, I Still have hesitation on Seattle. I'm I'm one of the very few people left that has hesitation on Seattle. I know that a lot of people really like the Mariners. Very again, young up and coming team going to be in the conversation for years. As long as J Rod is on that team, they're going to be in the conversation. And it would not shock me at all if the Mariners went out and won eighty eight games. I'm not trying to to disrespect them, but I I. I do see this. I do understand kind of where this is coming from. I'm not against this take at all. Uh, More so the Seattle around 500 than the Angels. But uh, if Seattle took a mild step back and and came down to earth a little bit, that wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me. And then the Angels. uh, Heck of a team to end on. They're everybody's favorite team to argue about. Uh, I mean, look. I, I have a lot of friends that are Angels fans. I, I, I like the Angels. They are at a point now where I'm done being the dude that comes into the season and goes, oh, this is the year for Anaheim. This is the year. I'm done being that guy. Okay, I'm done. They're at a point now where they're going to have to prove to everybody. I know it's not just me. I just have massive trust issues with the Angels at this point, like the rest of the planet. They're going to have to actually prove everyone wrong. No one for the rest of time, honestly, is going to come into a season and go, this is the angels year. This is it. No one's going to do that anymore. No one trusts you. No one believes you. You, you, You've cheated too many times. No one believes you. So I think that that's going to be a team to watch. If they did hit 86 wins, like Pocota said, it wouldn't shock me. I, I like their pitching. And I think last year their pitching was actually pretty solid. Like, I don't think people realized how, how surprisingly good the pitching was. It's just everybody not named trout and Otani at the plate was awful. So they went out in this offseason. They addressed a lot of that. They brought in a lot of supporting cast hitters and, and they kind of got clowned on a little bit, you know, they, Oh, you didn't bring in any other stars, you know, Otani's going to leave whatever, but they did address their biggest need, which was offensive depth. And, uh, so I, I, it wouldn't shock me. I'll say if, if the angels were, were a competitive team and kind of pushing for the wild card, but in the same breath, I'm, I'm done being the guy that, that trusts them going into the season. So, okay, cool. Thanks for making locked on tigers. Your first listen every day for your next listen, check on the locked on MLB prospects podcast. Host, Lindsay Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, just like us. That's today's show. A little bit long, but we covered an entire sport uh, projection wise. So there you go. Let me know what y'all think of the Pacota rankings and my opinions, I guess, as well. Day one of camp is in the books. More and more players will start reporting throughout the week and we're almost back. Spring training games at the end of the month. We're almost there. It's right there. Can't wait to go through the season with y'all. Thank you for uh, tuning in for another year, another another spring. I, I appreciate y'all greatly. No lockout this year. No funny business this year. Just straight to ball. Can't wait. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.